just fuck some male prostitute to death and have a bunch of Scientology people just scurry out, take care of the body. Like in the name of Zeno, in the name of Zeno, Zeno, thank you, Zeno, Zeno. Zeno, Zeno, Nathan, worried or excited? I'm excited. Me too. Daniel, are you worried or excited? I'm worried. Welcome, everyone, to Trailer Park Podcast. I am Nathan. He is Daniel. We are cousins. Tonight's show could possibly blow your mind. You have to be worried or you have to be excited. You have to choose a side. Are you sitting down? I'm sitting down. My lesbian radar is I take back everything I said earlier about puzzle pieces and vision. You can go fuck yourself. Wish you could hear the sound of my jaw dropping. Are you listening? Are you fair enough as a person that we should have even ground? Right sake. <sighs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Trailer Park Podcast. Trailer Park Podcast. The Lost Trailers. Daniel, how long has it been? It, it has been a long time since the previous Lost Trailers, Nathan. And what, what is so special about this one? Well, we have, that's right, we have been doing some themed episodes, and tonight, I don't really have an official <laughs> Tonight theme. that ends. No, I, I think we will do themed episodes in the future. First of all, just, you know, for the, for the people out there that don't know what Lost Trailers are, sometimes there are trailers that get lost. They fall through the cracks. They don't get included in big lineups, and it's not because they aren't worthy of it, it's because they got missed. So we want to try to clean up what has come before us, and sometimes we'll do themes, and tonight we're not doing themes. Tonight is the official Lost Trailers, Episode 9. Hit it! Welcome to my cousin Daniel. Welcome to you, cousin Nathan. Thank you. Welcome to the intern. Oh, hello. We're all here tonight, just us three guys, to just do a throwback, you know? I mean, how long has it been since the three of us just sat and chilled and appreciated some movie trailers? Yeah, it's a little more casual. Yeah, there's no burden. Okay, sit down, take your pants off, Ooh. all the way off, or let them just hang around your ankles awkwardly. That's Join. the best way. That's how the intern likes to do the show. Now, intern, could you do us a favor? Could you do the rest of the show in the voice of Robert De Niro's intern? Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Actually, yeah, can we just tell you to do things in specific accents for the rest of the show? Oh, sure. I can do all the accents. Perfect. Okay. Uh, well, first, just a little bit of business out of the way here. Um, I know that oftentimes we say that, you know, this is the greatest lineup that we've ever had on Trailer Park Podcast. It's a little bit difficult to say that on a Lost Trailers episode because they've, you know, been lost. And they're not necessarily major candidates for a serious, you know, bold greatest lineup ever but sad sack studios did want me to point out that they think that this could be the greatest lost trailers lineup that we've ever had on trailer park podcast exactly if it weren't for the greatest lineup out there this one would be the greatest lineup right exactly that's amazing <laughs> thank you we were hoping i was hoping that was going to be an australian accent yeah can we get well, some that, that was my australian accent don't do it that way. I'm, I'm speaking uh, perfect Australian right now. Hmm. You're speaking Canadian. Yeah. What? Can we... I don't even know how, how to speak Canadian. Yeah, you're doing it right now. This is Australian. Here, in, in turn, do do Texas for us. Okay, here's a good Texas for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's about right. 
Jesus Christ. And then us, here's Australian. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You hear a little bit of that oi in there? What are you talking mm-hmm. about? I don't hear any of that shit. I don't know. It's spot on. Mm-hmm. What a bunch of bullshit. Wow. Well, you know what? Let's just uh, l- let's not wait any longer because the two of you are being jackasses. Let's get right into it. Mm-hmm. Hit it. Um, I see something coming down the news tube. Are you ready for the grab tube? Grab tube? Grab tube? I don't think you should put your arms in there, Nathan. I think there's something <laughs> coming. Uh, Trump us. Listen, I can keep a secret, okay? <sighs> okay. So, Sad Sack Studios is, is a little bit pissed off. Ugh. They're, they're pissed off at this whole breakdown between Marvel and DC, and they don't quite understand. They, they, they kind of see a parallel, actually, between the Marvel and DC bullshit and this Trump, Democrat, Republican bullshit, to be quite honest with you. Because DC, I mean, the movies aren't that bad, and they're making a lot of money, yet they act like it's a dumpster fire that's totally out of control and is, is going up in flames. Recently, this, uh, this journalist, I guess we'll call him, uh, said that he had a source that said that Ben Affleck no longer wants to be Batman. They're having trouble getting a director, and if you were to Google right now, Ben Affleck, Batman, and just hit news, it's, it's terrible. It's like this one thing that this guy said just turned into this mass hatred of, of Batman. Like, time to give up on the Batman. This is fucking bullshit. Like, this is all garbage. Like, I don't understand. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, one, Ben Affleck, like, I don't know, he failed with Daredevil, and he said he wouldn't come back, and then he did this, and people shat all over it, even though it made money. I thought he was an okay Batman, didn't really have any big issue with it. I will say this, though, in talking to, like, how I think some of the DC movies are unfairly treated, I will completely ignore, say, like, Avengers 2 is on TV. I will walk into the kitchen, see the television through the kitchen, be like, eh, and go back to my room. I found myself the other day walking out and staying for like 20 minute long sections of uh, Batman vs. Superman just because there's something like weird or just interesting about it that would suck me in. Whereas the Marvel movies, I feel like are very, you know, they're solid because the formula works very well. And the DC ones are a little bit more experimental. And so you take some bigger failures with some bigger successes. Does that make sense? DC has already replaced Batman with their 91% fresh, rotten rating. The Lego Batman movie is the new Batman series. Of course it would be. I'm it made just, the most amount of money. The way, the way that one piece of news now, and this is the parallel, the way that one piece of news now can spin out of control and become this thing that everybody all of a sudden just re- reports on and starts doing riffs off of, the same thing is happening with this. Yeah, one becomes... one guy, and I looked him up. He's not a, a huge accredited guy. He's just claiming that there's a source that says Ben Affleck wants to no longer be the Batman, and whether he wants to or not is not the point. These fucking movies now come with these massive contracts, and Ben Affleck's no stranger to this business. He's been making, directing, winning Best Picture Oscars. Like he he knows what it means when he puts his name to a contract for Justice League. You don't just get yeah, to say like five movies. Yeah. You don't get just you don't get to just say I'm out. See you guys. It doesn't work that fucking way. When you when you signed up to be Batman, you fucking signed up to be Batman. So this is like Justice League and all that other shit. So I'm I don't know. I I find this kind of weird because I don't think he can just back out. It's not that simple. Right, right. Somebody has like 
made a, an assertion or an assumption about some vague thing, then they throw it out there. And because people may be tepid on Ben Affleck as Batman, it carries some emotional momentum and it just keeps spreading and echoing all over the place until people are seeing it so often that they're like, oh, wow, there must be some merit to this. Exactly. Every media, if you if you look it up on Google, every single like variety, blah, everything like every, actually, I don't even think Variety's reporting on it, to be honest. It's like all these other substandard, um, you know, we we talk about movies all the time, r- reporting websites. Blogs. Yeah, blogs. Yeah, exactly. Just start launching off with their own article. And this even this one is like, Ben Affleck wants out of Batman. Here are five actors who could replace him. Like, they're just coming up with fucking <laughs> bullshit. Yeah. Like, right. Wait, and when you wait cut- guys, wait. Like, he signed a fucking contract. And we have no idea how many Justice League movies are involved. So if you're talking about him getting out of Batman, are you talking about him no longer doing the Batman movie? The standalone movie? Because that's one thing. Then that's fine. But the Justice League shit, he's signed up for that. Well, they're already done the... He's done filming the first yeah. Justice League. But there's more involved, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, there'll be a second one and then all the spin-off things that he'll probably be a part of as well. Okay, yeah, so if it- there'll be there'll be all this like spin and crazy fervor, and there's gonna be a big group of people that all gather together, all these blog journalists and actual journalists, and they're all gonna be like <gasps> throwing this question at Ben Affleck and he's gonna be like, What? Uh, no. No, that was never a thing. I'm I'm fine. Everything is fine. <laughs> And then everyone's going to be running around grabbing their ears like, how do we get this so wrong? I watched an interview with him earlier today and they were interviewing him for Live by Night. And the interviewer was like, so what did you learn from from the whole Batman experience? And he was like, I learned um, that I need to be more careful when I'm doing interviews with Henry Cavill because they'll slow everything down and put Garfinkel and Simon Garfinkel over top of me. (laughs) (laughs) And it's it's true. Like sad Affleck is a thing. He's he's very he, he hates the media part of this. He hates doing the interviews. You can tell his fucking fake laugh for these fucking bullshit questions. I'm here to promote Live by Night. Why are you asking me about the fucking Batman? Yeah, I think the media thing sucks for a lot of people. This whole conversation, I think, relates to um, Bond. Also, there was like uh, the whole quote about uh, what's his face not playing Bond ever again, but he because he said one thing after they finished filming that he was like an offhanded joke yeah yeah he's like oh god i'm just kind of done with like, this i'll fucking never do bond again as as a joke and everyone took it seriously well Bullshit. yeah and it's also the timeline of you know affleck was going to direct the batman film he backed out of directing it they went into talks with the guy that's doing the war of the planet of the apes movie and now apparently he's backed out of it so now it's Ben Affleck doesn't want to play Batman anymore, and it's all a big dumpster fire and blah, blah, blah. And it, and then even if that is, like, even if beyond all this craziness and whatever bullshit, if they don't do a standalone Batman movie, oh, oh well. Isn't the whole point to get to, well, the, get to the Justice League and get this shit going? But, no, the point is to get all the movies going. Your Batman, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Flash, uh, Green Lantern. They would want them all going. you got to make money. They're gonna make money. Batman v Superman cleared profit seventy million over what they put into it. Seventy million over what they put into it. Yeah. Where are you getting your numbers? IMDb. Oh well. But, it, but it, are you using grossed, IMDb Pro? No, I'm not. <laughs> it grossed almost nine hundred million worldwide. Oh, so yeah, way more than. So it's it's in the green. Like tripled the budget. Yeah, it's fine. That's what I mean. It like 
they're they're judging it. They write articles like it's a piece of shit because it didn't hit a billion. That's what they write about. And it's to me it's like it okay, didn't hit a billion. You can't even oh well blah. Well, if you look at the numbers on some of the Marvel movies, they're not that impressive either. Just because the Avengers movies hit over a billion every time doesn't necessarily mean anything. Alice in Wonderland topped a billion. Yeah. Exactly. And there's something else coming down the tube. It starts with questions, and then questions turn into assumptions, and then assumptions turn into... (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) What? Yeah. This is called, Are You Fucking Serious? That's what this article is called. Tom Brady movie from The Fighter and the Finest Hours writers is rushing to us. Uh, Yes. Thank God. Thank God. It's just a close-up of a hand with five rings on it jerking off. <laughs> Tom Brady biopic. And it will cover much of the football star's life with a large focus being on the recent Super Bowl 51 victory in which they came back in the final quarter. Blah, blah, blah. And also covering the infamous deflate gate and blah. Like, are you fucking serious? And who's directing it? Oliver Stone. <laughs> Don't take shots at any given Sunday, sir. <laughs> or we will listen to the entire Al Pacino speech right here and now. Mm, I'm sorry. Are you challenging me? No, I'm not challenging you. <laughs> okay, so The Finest Hours, we learned in one of our recent episodes, was one of the biggest bombs of last year. And The Fighter, as we all are very well aware, was a movie that was completely overrated and won awards it shouldn't have won and was a kind of a dumpster fire of a movie. It felt kind of fake. Am I right? Uh, that was my least liked Mm-hmm movie that year so we both all of us agree those two movies are great great that's perfect assholes writing an asshole movie for an asshole good good great does that mean that mark Wahlberg is going to play tom brady please please god he probably would he'd have an interest in that i think nope nick cage (sighs) tom brady will play himself daniel there are some really Uh, there's some really important questions I need to ask you. Wait, so Tom Brady is eight miling this thing? Oh, I don't know. I was joking. Oh, oh. Got <laughs> <laughs> me freaked out. Um, tonight we're going to talk about the truth because sometimes the truth gets lost in movies. Lost trailers, lost truth getting lost. You get it? Oh, yeah, it was a stretch, but yeah, I stumbled across that line. <laughs> so, how true, um, would you gentlemen say the following movies are uh, on a scale of 1 to 100%? Oh, easy. Um, let's go Daniel, American Sniper. Uh, oh, wait, so the, what do I think the actual number is? Yeah, what do you think the actual number is? This is, is going to be according to a website called informationisbeautiful.net where they did a scene-by-scene breakdown of several Hollywood films. And uh, you can actually click on each scene and and find out what the actual truth is for each scene and they broke it down to a percentage so we're going to find out exactly how true some movies are all right american sniper um uh 56 percent Ooh, 20 can i guess also yeah 29.4 percent we'll let uh, we'll let intern guess at the social network 
Um, forty-two percent. Oh, Daniel, you got a guess? Um, thirty-nine percent. Sixty-one point three percent. Wow. Yeah, yeah. So, so Zuckerberg is a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Dallas Buyers Club, one of Daniel's favorites. Mm. Let's go sixty-seven percent. Mm. Intern, seventy-two percent. Forty point nine percent. Oh yeah, he never really had AIDS. <laughs> <laughs> Just like hanging out with <laughs> transgenders. Uh, let's see here. How about the Wolf of Wall Street? That was one that we all liked. Thirty-two uh, percent. Oh. Yeah, twenty twenty-seven point three percent. Sixty-three point one percent. Uh, Jesus. Man, you guys. How about the Imitation Game? Intern. Um, seventy-four percent. Flat fifty. Eighteen point six percent. Oh, it was a bunch of garbage. He never even existed. Fucking lies. Big fucking lies. How about Spotlight? Uh, Steve Jobs movie. Spotlight. Yeah, well, we all know that computer technology is brought to us by aliens, not Turing. Um, Spotlight would be 91%. Spotlight, yeah. Oof. It depends. They're breaking it down scene by scene. And a lot of those scenes are like dramatic inner office mm-hmm. scenes where they're just spewing a bunch of... Daniel's starting to get on the right track here. He's like, I can get this done. I can do this. Let me in there. Um... Let's go 38%. Oh, 67.2%. <laughs> Pretty good. Pretty good. I hate this game. Yeah. It's, a, it's an interesting game, though. The Big Short? Uh, 44%. Mm, 40. 78.5%. Wow. That's the big one. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Actually, the most, if I was to tell you in this list, that they, they did a finite number of films. The one that was the most accurate was Selma, 81.4%. And the least accurate? That'd be the imitation game. (laughs) But in my travels, well, stumbling across this very interesting website, informationisbeautiful.net. Check it out. It's got other things, too. It's kind of interesting. And you can actually click on the bar. And, like, for instance, uh, let's... Oh. So let's say... Let's let's go to the imitation game. And let's click on a random scene. So the random scene I picked was engagement party. Joan shows off her ring. The boys do boys talk. Hugh and Joan dance. In reality, the engagement was kept hidden. Joan did not wear her ring in the hut, and only one member was told of the engagement. False. <laughs> <laughs> and it just, uh, you can go through the whole movie and, and look at each scene that way. So it's kind of uh, interesting. And upon my travels, I also came across... your tra- When you say your travels... What do you mean? I mean, when I went over to Sad Sack Studios' uh, head office and and sat down with them and was shown graphs and breakdowns. Right. So when you went to work. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also stumbled across, like, Ron Howard's liar, guys. Yeah? Did informationissexy.com break uh, Ron Howard down? No, Beautiful Mind is, like, off big time. Like, John Nash was, like, they... They lied a whole bunch. That's not on this website with these wonderful percentages, but there's a bunch of shit in that movie that they stretched big time. Yeah, he wasn't schizophrenic or a savant. He's <laughs> just really lucky. No, he just he never accepted a Pulitzer Prize of the speech. He, I don't think he ever had the family life that they portrayed him to have. He he was kind of a fuck. Like never have been able to pull someone as hot as Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, exactly, exactly. You're on the right track here. 
Uh, I also want to say one more thing about this website. You can actually change the truth part of it. So I chose only the absolute truth as my pedantry level. Pedantry level? How do you say that word? Mm, sure. Okay. <laughs> but you can you can mark it as flexible. Come on, it's movies. Come on. Or can bear some dramatic license. So I think if you're hitting like fifty percent plus, you're you're probably doing all right in terms of making a movie, right? It's got to be entertaining. Right. I'm sure most of the time it was just uh, like imitation game. He's just sitting around uh, plugging shit in, seeing if it works, uh, pl- uh, taking it back out again. Jerking off to gay porn. Yeah. Yeah, yeah viciously Absolutely. hiding that gay yeah. porn magazine in the yeah. woods before he gets murdered. There you go. See? You probably the actually worked with the whole team right. the whole time. Yeah, they got along like really well. They all ate ham sandwiches together. Yeah, he accepted, yeah. The, he accepted the sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, we got one more item tonight. Uh, Daniel, if you were forced to watch one of the following movies, like tied to a chair and held at gunpoint. Right. Can I welcome the bullet? Which of the following synopsis would make you want them to pull the trigger the most? Ooh, I like this game. A, born with cerebral palsy, he learns to paint and write with with, with his only controllable limb. A grotesque third arm. B, after he becomes a quadriplegic from a paragliding accident, an aristocrat hires a young man from the projects to be his caregiver. I think I know that movie. <laughs> C. A young ballet dancer is torn between the man she loves and her pursuit to become a prima ballerina. That sounds like Black Swan a little bit. Um, or D. Mm. A young boy must locate a magical suit of armor in order to defeat a vengeful spirit. What the monster? What was number one again? I can tell you what movie number one is. <laughs> Born with cerebral palsy, he learns to paint and write with his only controllable limb. Mm, creative leg syndrome. I'm going to go with, oh, yeah, it's, got, it's, it's one or four for sure. What, what's the title of number one, intern? Uh, my Left Foot. Daniel Day-Lewis's first Oscar for Best Actor. That's what that movie's about. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't, no. <laughs> wow. Is number four the monster? I feel like this game is broken. <clears throat> number four is Kubo and the Two Strings. Oh, <laughs> that's great. Just give them all to me. What's the, what are the other ones? <laughs> well, C is, um, oh shit, I didn't, just a second. I <laughs> lost it already. I uh oh, the red shoes from 1948. Yeah, yeah they're like all they're all favorite movies. They're all movies that uh, the intern has celebrated recently. Yeah, because they're all feet involved. <laughs> Except for B. B, I just had to throw in there, and that's after he becomes a quadriplegic from a paragliding accident. An aristocrat hires a young man from the projects to be his caregiver, and that movie is called The Untouchables. Yeah, I don't know. He's all. All of these. Yeah, Untouchables is high on the uh, top 250 IMDb list. Yeah, people like that. I saw like the actual guy, the caretaker that the movie was based on. I saw him I'm interviewed on some show. And I was like, oh, this sounds dramatic. Um, Which one would you be like, just do it? If I only heard what they were about, it's one or four. It's a coin toss. Okay. Do you want to just go with both? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. All of them. Okay. Well, A and D have just been successfully um, auditioned for burdenless candidates. Okay. So that was the point of this game. 
Yeah. yeah. <laughs> New rules. I will remember that. <laughs> oh, glorious day. <sighs> you know when you wake up and the air just smells fresher? Means no. it's a means it's a new day, and we need to move on to our headliner tonight. Um, selected, um, actually, not selected by Sad Sack Studios. Selected by Amanda Stobaugh. Our headliner tonight, Daniel, is called Anti-Birth. Anti-Birth. Here we go. How long have you been feeling like this? I guess since the other night. What happened? I blacked out. I can't remember. Do you remember the last time you performed in a course? You better not have been Mickey. <laughs> I haven't been late in months. You're pregnant. I really can't be pregnant. This is not my style. And your mind goes... I'm just saying, if you're pregnant, you're going to have to slow it down. If I'm pregnant, maybe I can give this kid some superpowers. I can see I barely didn't take care of myself, let alone some weird immaculate conception. Whatever's inside of me is infecting my brain. <laughs> my body. Are you having difficulty remembering things? You feel like, like somebody switches the channel. Wait. Maybe Gabriel knows someone who's seen something like this before. Yeah, I don't think anyone's seen something like this before. It's time. You should be proud, Lou. Guess I've just always been a real overachiever. Oh my goodness. We say we go with uh, intern. Worried or excited? So is this like uh, Rosemary's Baby or Passion of the Christ? It's, it's Rosemary's Baby meets SLC Punk. Wait, um, what's SLC Punk? Uh, it's like a yeah. movie about punk kids from Salt Lake City in the 90s with Matthew Lillard and uh, I forget. Yeah, something that no one's ever seen. I love Matthew Lillard. This sounds like a burden list uh, thing. Bung, bung, bung. Uh, I really enjoy the quotes in this, especially Fucked Up. Uh, <laughs> was, was my favorite. Um, I don't know how you can be unexcited. This... Uh, Looks especially fucked up. Why wouldn't you want to watch it? This is like gotta be one of the strangest uh, looking films that I've I've uh, seen a trailer for in a long time. So uh, you're matching the what the fuck episode for quality here. <laughs> well, we're we're one in. Don't give him too much credit. 
Um, well, that's, uh, the, the credit goes to Sad Sack Studios. Is that an excited from and, you? And Adrian? Amanda. And Amanda for this specific trailer. Yeah, I, uh, I'll, uh, I'll find this and watch it. Yeah, I'm glad. So, that, yeah, I'm excited. I think did Amanda... It's funny because I remember watching this trailer with Amanda. And we must have seen a different trailer because I remember not being very excited about it at all. And this trailer is significantly different. And I'm glad that I came back around and watched the rest of it. Because based on the portion of the first half of the trailer that I saw, I was not excited about it. There's something weird about it. Even though I like Natasha Leone, I don't something seemed try hard about it from that first half. But then he gets weird, he gets goofy, lots of hallucinogenic shit, lots of weird violence and blood and goop. You know, I'm a big fan of that. Um I think I'll yeah. I think I'd I think I'd have to give this a chance, right? Excited. Well, I remember uh screening it um after Amanda provided it to me. And I, I think that there's a lot of elements here that kind of say that Daniel should be excited about it, especially after the slow burn of the first half of the trailer ends and it starts to twist. And you see her impregnated belly with the veins going through it and the suggestion that it's an, an immaculate conception of some sort of demonic presence of some kind. They don't actually show her giving birth, though, do they? No, but well, I assume you see the water. The water breaks. You do. Okay. There's a lot of blood everywhere. There's that strange girl with the mangled mouth and the strange teeth. They're not giving you a reason for any of these things to be happening. They just kind of start going all over the place. Right. I'm. We. Yeah. We'll. We'll. We'll see. And because they're going all over the place, Nathan's gonna say, "Going all over the place." Worried. Mm-hmm. Because even movies like Breakfast of Champions with Bruce Willis, although I like them. And that Kurt Vonnegut level weirdness is entertaining. Sometimes it's overstimulating. And I end up staring at my watch and, and thinking, Jesus Christ, get to the point or at least have a point or try to stay in the lines instead of, you know, this, this kind of looks to me like a, like a child coloring a coloring book and just not, not coloring, just being a shitty colorer, you know, like coloring outside of the lines with different colors everywhere and not giving a shit and it looks like shit and they, they, they shit on it <laughs> <laughs> yeah so worried okay um gentlemen trailer number two tonight little ditty called dark night Right. The Dark Knight. No, just just Dark Knight. Mm. Dark Knight Rises. No. Dark Knight. Like, like night like night is in the night, not as in a night. Wing duck. Batman begins. Here no, just jump. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Okay. Dark Knight. Here we go. Looking for 
Okay, so there was a Batman (laughs) (laughs) tie-in. Yeah, this is right now. This is loosely based off the well, yeah, the uh, the massacre that occurred during Dark Knight Rises in Colorado. Oh God, this is the Aurora shooting. Yeah, this is loosely based on the Aurora shooting, and that's why that pun is so... Is it inappropriate, or is it creative and awful? No, it's just a thing. I don't... It's, it's kind of both. It's tasteless, and yeah, I, is, we get it. Is this classless? Like, is this, um, like, socially irresponsible? It looks like they just hired a bunch of people off the street and uh, told them not to say anything. And just uh, stand around and cry or not cry. Yeah, like, okay, can you look sad, first of all? We need you to look real sad. And then also into the distance. Well, it's an artistic trailer with music laid over it. I was assuming that there wasn't going to be any words. I thought this was a silent film with, with a score. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, assholes. Let's try to no. have a serious conversation. But uh, no, please, uh, you guys, t- you know, hijack it. Go ahead. No, no, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. It does sort of give me the feeling like this, this is sort of a, like a, a fictional documentary as made by the guys that made Kids and Gummo and Bully. It's got that sort of visceral white trash feel to it that those other movies like capture really well, too well, and tolerably well. Um, you mentioning that it's based on the Aurora shooting. Uh, yeah, what little interest I had in it is now gone. But it doesn't seem like they're trying to make any sort of political standpoint. It's more just short of sort of showing maybe how the modern generation grows up in this sort of, uh, I don't know. I, I don't care that much worried. Hmm. I'm going to also say worried, but it's like a concerned worried. Because I do think that there's a conversation here about what's appropriate and what's not appropriate to make a movie about. And I think, you know, to the families of the victims of this event, this is just a, you know, to Tim Sutton, the writer-director of this movie, uh, are you just trying to get noticed here? Like, like what is the point of diving into this material? Like, are you going to hide behind the fact that it's truly just an inspiration for the story, even though you call it Dark Knight? Like, come on. I don't really know that he can escape the, uh, the conversation here. Which is like, you know, let's say somebody, uh, let's say somebody did a, a movie about uh, Matthew Broderick's life, about a guy that makes a 
movie about a hip teen and becomes super famous overnight, but he also murders someone with a with with his car and everybody is celebrating how great he is and he hates himself because of what he's done. And they call it something like, you know, Broderick. <laughs> yeah. Broken Broderick. Broken Broderick. You know, exactly, right? Like what's too close to home? Like what's what, Broderick's what? day off. Oh my God. That yeah. Now we're <laughs> let's you know. let's make it, guys. Yeah. <laughs> let's, let's do this. I'll play Matthew Broderick. Yeah, and you're trying to get the mileage to reverse on your car, so you're like holding the the gas down in reverse, and the car slips off of its dynamo track, and you just plow into a person to murder them. But it's got to be like murder uh, has the connotation of intent, so oh, it'll right. have to be planned. It'll be like I'll see them and then I'll do it on purpose. Right. You don't really. Yeah. You you know that the car is going to slip off, and you keep going, and then afterwards you get out of the car and you hold your your hands to your cheeks, and you go, oh, no, and then it cuts to down, out, bow, bow, <laughs> Also comes to mind the whole United 93 World Trade Center stuff that was done fairly soon after that tragedy, but I think everybody felt kind of, um, you know, like the, those movies were done with a, with, with a paintbrush to the, to the heroes of the moment. This is done with a, what might be a, you know, look at this kid's psyche. Right. Is it gonna is it gonna romanticize violence? This like in real life probably just sad, pathetic piece of shit that had like one striking moment and was otherwise completely forgettable. Or try to make sense of who he is and why he did what he did. Like, I don't know. This is a this is a tightrope walk for, for everyone involved, I think. Amen. I'm Batman. I'm I'm Batman. Does he just say that in the mirror over and over again? Like this like long, slow, whining whistle grows in volume. <laughs> but I'm Batman. Okay. Oh, no, so it's Batman. a silent film, remember? But Daniel's Daniel's worried. I'm concerned, worried, and intern is That's not Batman worried. Okay. Oh, intern's stoked. He's... Finally, a movie for me. <laughs> Finally. I just love Batman. I love every iteration of Batman. Yeah, intern has dyed his hair orange and bought a shotgun. Okay. I, I'm going to bring the mask to the movie theater. i got to find one that's playing this. Yeah. You can call me. I'm Batman's greatest villain. I'm Scarecock. <sighs> Trailer number three tonight uh, comes to us from Poland. It is a comedy, drama, horror. And it is called The Lure. The lure. Here we go. Właściwie to są dzieci mojej dobrej znajomej. 
Będą robiły u nas chórki i striptizy. Musicie się tylko dobrze bawić, reszta pójdzie sama. Dobry wieczór bardzo szanownemu państwu. Przed państwem córki dancingu. Dwóch sirenek. Chciałam pokazać się z najlepszej strony. Zmienić coś, zmienić. Zwrócić uwagę, zwróciłam wszystko. Szum, szum, szum samochodów i ulic. Za gród głowy zostajemy nie na All right, Daniel, you worried or excited about the lure? Uh, yeah, that's an excited for me. Uh, this is <laughs> this is Splash meets Neon Demon meets La La Land. <laughs> and it's beautiful. And it's Polish. It's got that weird sort of cold climate, European dark feel to it. It also, even though the whole trailer is set to a song... Uh, you, you can tell that there's comedy there. It's fucking weird. There's mermaids, and it's sort of classical mermaids that are like more ruthless and murderous than they are uh, disnified. And there's strippers and there's sirens. I don't know. This there's a lot going on in here that like I get sort of a nostalgic feeling for in my belly, as well as an excitement to see something sort of bizarre. Uh, that's an excited for me. I'm going to jump in here and say that I am also excited. Uh, that gentleman's voice as well really stands out to me when he's <laughs> when he's oh. speaking into the microphone. He's like, like, oh, there's something like very booming about his voice. I wouldn't be surprised if he, you know, was like a PA announcer in Poland or something. Yeah, and oh, and and like just to seal the deal, that like final scene of the trailer where the two mermaids <laughs> are like sucking on the teat of their mother mermaid. Yeah. Yeah. What is, why do they have that tail in the bathtubs and why are they not having the tail? Like, it, yeah, it must be a splash scenario. Well, when they're in the water, they have the tail. Okay. When, the when water, they, they don't. Okay. So yeah. when they hit the water, they get the tail. And, yeah. These are, uh, these are Tom Hanks splash rules. Okay. And then their, their <laughs> teeth turn into very, um, uh, straight. Carnivorous? Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not like vampiric incisors sharpening. It's like, you know, they're. Their mouth becomes a bunch of Skittles. Like sharp beavers. Yeah. Did you know, hey, guys, did you know that beavers are actually pretty clean animals? And that under the water inside their dams, they have like a room for shaking off the mud. And then they have a living room where they, you know, they say they separate it from the mud room so that it's clean. Yeah, I knew that. I know everything about beavers. Okay, great. What, what lured you to this conversation? Mm. Oh, I don't have my sound effects out. I was going to hit something. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
I, I don't know. I, I just saw an article, or sorry, Sad Sack Studios saw an article about this movie a while ago. And uh, yeah, a lot of comments about this being a really unique, yeah, almost not uh, comedy, drama, horror. Also kind of feels like it's got a musical thing going on. Yeah, there's some like big musical uh, numbers looks like. Yeah, and yeah, some of the uh the comments, some of the uh quoting persuasion going on in that trailer like kaleidoscope of colors and you know, a beat will happen, it shifts into that other music and fearless debut of a new oh. director. Oh, yeah, and there's there's a red band trailer so there's lots of boobs. I'm excited. Intern? Oh, this you know what's glorious about this is that uh jazz film is Got really excited about it, which means this is probably going to get a Criterion release. <laughs> so I'm going to end up buying it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm glad I'm going to get to watch this at some point. I want to watch it right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But I will in the future because it is. It's going to be. It's going to be a Criterion thing anyway. So it's it's not the last time that we've heard from the lure. It'll end up on burden lists or be watched or appreciated yep. in the near future. Yeah, in turn, it's a possibility of it being Criterion excited. We're all excited here. Good times. Fantastic. Trailer, we're just moving right along here tonight, gentlemen. Uh, pretty good lineup so far, actually. I have to compliment Sad Sack and Amanda on the, uh, the opener there. Um, yeah. I enjoy Lost Trailers. Yeah, I, I know you do. I know you enjoy every lineup that's made. Here <laughs> right and trailer for right. our podcast. Um, trailer number four tonight is called Mean Dreams. Mean dreams. Here we go. Thanks for finding him. No, he kind of found me. There you are, baby girl. Sorry we had to move. Are you nervous? Never am. Can't get any calmer than that. Catching bad guys, your daddy's trade. Can take it anywhere. I wouldn't get too attached to that boy. Wait. It's you and me, Casey. I'm a bad man. I'm a tooth fairy compared to what's coming. All you had to do was mind your own business. Hey, 
you out of that house. Come on, baby girl. Let's go, um, let's go intern. Worried or excited about mean dreams? Well, it's got, um, the girl that stars in the movie about the book that I really like. Um, oh, and well. it seems, it seems like <laughs> this is what cop car should have been. <laughs> I actually knew you were going to say that. A good version of cop car. Um, a better version of cop car. It's got one of those bills in it. Doesn't it? Yeah, it's got Paxton. Yeah. Is that is that the right one? Yeah, Bill Paxton from Bill True Lies and uh, okay. Yeah. I don't think Pullman could be terrifying. A. I don't know. You put him in an Aronofsky movie, maybe. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> That's all you got to say, right? <laughs> My point for me. <laughs> um. I I don't know. I feel like this is me being on the fence. That's the first time I've said that in a really long time. Um. Not being on the fence, but the other thing. Anyway, I'll say I'm I'm excited. Barely, barely excited to barely, see a better version of Cop Car. Barely excited for a better version of Cop Car. I'm going to say this might be a better version of Frailty, which was Paxton's other uh, scary role movie. Yeah, with McConaughey, right? I've never seen that. Yeah, and um, yes, I, I I think I am excited. I I could tell you that Amanda's excited. Amanda loves some 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 Billy Pax. <laughs> and him, him being all scary. I, even, I actually even like hellraising his his daughter's mouth. Uh huh. Yeah, he's like, uh, getting those fingers in there. Yeah. Oh, they pick and they pull and they stick their fingers in. He's. I. I, I think I was. I was quote persuaded a little bit on this one. I'm. I'm usually not. Like I notice, and if there's too many, I just dismiss. But the strongest sense of style of any film that I've seen in a long time. That one kind of got me. I always like the interesting. Um, quotes that aren't normal and that one also stands out for me too because it's not a normal thing to say you say that because the overwhelming feel of the movie affected you or was consistent and strong and that says that it's good yeah that means that like for yeah for exactly for an enduring amount of time this movie is like has its own little sense and theme that it sticks to and i think i remember the last time i saw something about that was with uh, the eyes of my mother so, yeah, there's something there. I think there's something there to this one. I like also like the circumstances that that kid gets into are like super intense. Him hiding behind that gas station pump, him pulling a gun on the guy and the guy being like, whoa, if you think I'm bad. You have no fucking clue what you're getting into. That's tense. A lot of chasing. I think this movie might be maybe a slow build to a really good payoff. And I like Bill Paxton. There's something stilted and cheesy about him that would be perfect for this kind of thing. So I hope it works out. I'm excited. I'm going to jump on board uh, with Daniel. I'm uh, I'm more excited than the intern is about this. It's also 108 minutes. So uh, what's that? 12 minutes shy of two hours. And that seems about right for a movie that looks like it has this many details. The one weakness of the trailer being that it possibly showed you too much. Right. Which is, I think, what kept Sad Sack from putting it into a regular lineup, actually, is that it kind of gave away too much of the movie and they didn't want to hear that comment. So it's nice that that comment didn't come from either of you. Um, Yeah, I've actually watched this trailer several times and I'm still very interested. So, yes, I am also excited. And just a quick rundown on the runtime of the previous movies tonight. Anti-Birth is 94 minutes. Good. 
Dark Knight is 85 minutes. Mm, okay. And The Lure is 168 minutes. Shut up. No, I'm kidding. It's 92. <laughs> okay. It's a four-hour saga. <laughs> so I throw you a curveball. You guys are all like, yeah, let's watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Three and a half hours later. I was uh, I was more excited with the longer runtime. Like, that's, that's a that's a double disc Criterion release for sure. Yeah. <laughs> what are you guys worried about? That's great. <laughs> all right. Something you can sink your teeth into. We're gonna we're gonna end the night with a little bit of fun because it's been kind of dark and twisted, and that could have been the theme. Yeah, a little bit. If this trailer wasn't in the lineup, trailer number five, Black Sheep, opening night. Opening night. Here we go. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Broadway's Harper Lee Theater. Please turn off all cell phones, cameras, and other electronic devices. Enjoy the show. We just roofied a Broadway star. It's opening night. We got one shot at this. It was an accident. It was an accident. Who's responsible for this shit? I actually knocked her unconscious with a giant chopstick. <laughs> Guess I was never good with chopsticks, you know? Just... Get the fuck out of my face! Anal oh, Let's get turned. Yeah. Watch this face. I'm on Broadway. She just fucked the other guy from Insane. She probably hadn't had any good dick since you. Did you just compliment my dick? I did. Thank you. This is why I hate musical theater. All right then. Bye-bye-bye. I'm going to take this. Take the lead. Because I have a crush on Topher Grace. No, we know it. I like him. I do too. And there's a lot of fun people in this. I don't think it's any it's going to be anywhere near as good as this trailer tries to make it look. But I think it could be fun. And it's 90 minutes and what the fuck? What the fuck? Who cares? It's Topher. I wish Nothing but success on you, Topher. I want you to have more presence in the uh, in the movie industry. I want you to be maybe not a leading man, but I want you to show up in those like sidekick roles because I think you would fucking crush every last one of them. Yeah, excited. Why he, he needs to be in like the Dread sequel. Ah, yeah, just the guy that's there. Like, what? There's tons of roles that would be perfect for Topher Grace. Jesus Christ. Maybe he's a little bit of. Maybe he's a bitch. Maybe he's like Edward Norton level ass fuck. Oh, he's like, excuse me, on eight seasons of 70s show, (laughs) I think I know a little something about (laughs) acting. My character wouldn't say the line like this. This is ridiculous. I was Venom. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> got two words for you. American Ultra. Go watch it. Yeah. A date with Tad Hamilton. <laughs> I don't mind American Ultra. I haven't seen it. It's uh it's not great, but it's not it's not bad. It's, yeah, it's good. Not, it's not worth hating, but yeah. It's worth a watch. It's not worth the excitement that you guys jerked off on it for. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. Um I'm gonna go with you on this one, Nathan. This might seem odd or unpredictable, but this movie kind of reminds me of Noises Off with Christopher Reeve, and I like uh, Christopher Reeves. I like that movie, even though it's not that great. And I get that almost identical feeling from this, that it's like not going to be that great, but that I might like it a lot, and that on each follow-up viewing, it becomes a movie that I have no problem with just putting on in the background. It's like comfort food. I sort of get that vibe from this. Like I might not, I might walk out of this theater going, huh, but find myself watching this many more times in the future. So I'm going to go with future predictive nostalgia excited. I just picture in my mind when I was watching the trailer, I pictured, like, I heard your laugh when the guy from the league says, I was never good with chopsticks. And Riggle's like, shut your fucking face. Yeah. I just heard your laugh in my head. And I was like, he's going to say he's excited. We're going to be excited. The intern's going to piss on it because it's not, you know. Uh, dry, slow, criterion, what have you. Go ahead, intern. Did the lure seem like it was going to be dry and slow? No, but it had some guy that, 93 works, minutes? that works for criterion. No, it's Janice Film. Releases all those old black and white movies yeah. that you don't want to watch. That's how much I was paying attention. I thought you said somebody's um, name. No, I didn't say anyone's name. Um, I was like, oh, is that some European guy's name that works for Criterion? Probably. No, it's... Never mind. I'm not going to get into it. Uh, <laughs> I'm surprised that this uh, didn't get a bunch of Oscar buzz. I mean, it is about the industry. Oh, right. fuck off. <laughs> Christ. You mean a shotgun uh, to Tony? Yeah, it's something. Oh, I hate This should you. be celebrated. How can you not be excited about movies that are about the industry? I'm so excited. Yeah, this is a comedy version of Birdman. Oh, wait, Birdman was a comedy. Or was it a drama? What the fuck was that? Why did it win Best Picture? Who knows? Because it's the best movie. Um, yeah, this looked uh, pretty funny throughout the whole thing. And uh, in a good way. This face is on Broadway. I like him. It reminds me of Go whenever I see that guy. I remember that movie. Oh, yeah. Remember that movie Go. And I'm like, oh, nice, another collage with him. And I don't know, a bunch of people that come together and do it right. Sure, why not? It's 90 minutes. How bad could it be? Uh, I'm sure it could be horrible, but I don't think it's going to be. So you're excited? I am, yes. I'm uh, going on opening night. Well, that seemed facetious. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the round table. The second part of Trailer Park Podcast. 
Normally, we would be doing things like the burden list and the intern archive update. But tonight, because of the Lost Trailers, we're only going to be doing the Rotten Tomato game and just chatting as gentlemen. So, gentlemen, the Rotten Tomato game works like this. You guys have to tell me what you think the best rated movie was on Rotten Tomatoes and what the least rated movie was on Rotten Tomatoes. You can rank them all one through five if you want, and I'll tell you how close you got. I will tell you right out of the gate, though, that it's more of a conversation about just four of them tonight because, surprisingly, opening night starring Topher Grace does not have a Rotten Tomato rating. Huh. But the rest of them do. Did it not release? I think it did. I just don't think it's been reviewed. So no Um, one gave a shit about it. (laughs) (laughs) Great. (laughs) I don't know. It probably probably released at like one... It said November 18th at the end of the trailer, like VOD style. So I don't know. Yeah. It seems like uh, it probably went to one festival and uh, a small group of people probably watched it and none of them were critics. It's probably fucking awesome. Let's all watch it. So we're gonna go. So, so we're not counting that one. So we're gonna go with uh, the fulcrum number one. And what, are, what were the names again? Uh, the first trailer was Anti Birth, starring Natasha Lyonne. Uh, Dark Knight about the Aurora. That's the worst shooting. one. That's the yes. Yeah, that's that's the that's, that's the worst one. The Lure, Poland fulcrum, and Mean Dreams, Paxton. So if you go uh, the Lure and then Mean Dreams. Yep. And then. Number one. Anti-birth. Right. And then number two. Yes, I agree with that lineup as well. You guys are so close. Like, really close. Is it uh, one and two that are mixed up? Like, uh, the lure and the no, Paxton one? the lure is number one. Oh. 86%. Yeah. Mean Dreams is number two. 77%. Wow. Dark Knight is third. 68%. And well, people anti- don't have an interest in uh, Rosemary's Baby, eh? No, that's not true. Anti-birth is 64%. So there is nothing in this lineup that is below 60%. They're all fresh. They're all fresh. Except opening night, which might be a t- <laughs> not worthy of rating. I don't know what that means. <laughs> yeah. There could be some like halt on it or some weird union thing. Who knows? That's it, Let's focus on the important thing, which is that the lore is number one. Yeah, and then you guys were very, very close. Probably closer than you've ever been playing the Rotten Tomato game. So just need a little bit of quality to bring out the, uh, the focus and attention required to achieve a correct answer to the Rotten Tomato game. Can you uh, pronounce the name of the lure in uh, its native language? Why are you doing that to me? What is it? It's Polish, so what is it? Like W-C-Z-X. What do you benefit from by making me do that? I just want to know how it comes out. Corky dancing you. Yes. Say it again. Corky dancing you. <laughs> Corky dancing you. Don't, don't need to sound like you're. Yeah. Like you have a, like problems like, speaking. Like you're changing a light bulb. <laughs> I'm going to show you the poster and you guys can pronounce it then okay yeah i've got it well i was looking at it which is why why i asked i'm putting it in the twitter now daniel please pronounce that (laughs) 
go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> Hold on. Uh, yeah. Uh, no, that sounds about right. What sounds about right? The Corky Dancing Goo. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> Can you please pronounce the name of the director as well? Okay, I got to zoom in here. Ixividlem. Just knock. Oh, no. I gave you the name in the chat. That was good, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Ag- Ag- Agnieszka Smogczynska. Very nice. Yeah, that is a Polish name for sure. It looks like the live singer from uh, Live. Whoa, whoa. Ed uh, Kishchi, well, you know. Kowalczyk. Unpronounceable. It just Ed- parentheses with question marks. Edward, Edward Kowalczyk. Yeah, uh, sure. It's like 60% there. All right, let's hear the intern uh, say the title then, since he brought this up. Oh, you just said it exactly right. Gorky uh, dancing you. <laughs> yep. Good work. That's the souls of all the children that the intern has captured. Okay, that's enough of that. Okay. There's there's many. Great. They're tied up in the basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> please, it's, please, sir, no more popsicles. The souls, not the children. Okay. Long gone. All right. Okay. All right. That's enough of that. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Put a socket, boy. Around you want to know how I like lure them in? I don't. More like shit through a goose. And I don't want to hear you use the, the, the lure in creative ways. That's also not necessary. Please oh. say the correct pronunciation, uh, Corky Dancing Goo. <laughs> yes. Cor- I Corky cor- Dancing Goo, the children in... Corky Dancing Goo. Yeah. So, yeah, gentlemen, um, anything you've seen recently that you'd like to bring to the round table? Anything at all that you just want to discuss? It's the second part where we are open. There is no extra tasks tonight. Just chilling. Yes. I'll, uh, I'll get mine out of the way. Go. Just because you guys can shit on it in a second. <laughs> but uh, I decided that it was time for me to watch a movie that all movie snobs talk about and scold you for not having seen. Citizen Kane. Yes. And there is a lot of beautiful shots in Citizen Kane. I've seen it. I really appreciated watching it. It was uh, very entertaining. Um, he got chastised. And of its time. He got, he got chastised. It, it was never celebrated when he was around to experience it, right? When did he die? Uh, I don't know when he died. Why would I know this? Well, you claim to have watched it and appreciate it. You're a Criterion nerd. I thought you would know more about... Yeah, didn't you watch the uh, 24 hours of bonus materials in the Criterion? The, so the Criterion version that's available for Citizen Kane is on Laserdisc only, which... Uh, I have no interest in collecting laser discs or watching movies on them. Wait, Criterion hasn't updated the release of Citizen Kane since Laserdisc? Yeah, it was the first, actually, it was the very first film that they released. Does like, that seem discrediting to no. Criterion? They are going through all of his other movies right now, Orson Welles. Bull- so I'm pretty sure that this will just be the last one that comes out. There is a. DVD Criterion release of Armageddon. Ugh. I know. I know. That is and such a the terrible. Rock. Why? Why? Oh, because uh, I wish Chelsea was here. Sometimes she Criterion likes why. to have fun, Nathan. Uh, I'll tell you this. It can't always be like the boxcar of Baghdad or some shit like that. It's every once in a while they'll toss a fun one in there. Yeah, um, like the lure. The le- <laughs> Corky Dezingu. Right. Whoa. Oh. Anyway, uh, I think that, that, that that's a respectable watch. I don't think anybody here would shit on that. 
Yeah, I know. It, the... uh, it was good. He was 70. Uh, he died in 1985. Uh, yeah, he so died. He died I'm pretty right... sure that... He died right before time travel was invented. Mm. He yes. died and his movie was definitely appreciated by, by 1985. By that point. Well, it wasn't when it first came out. He got shat on when he first came out. And it rarely is. also nominated for screenplay. Avant-garde is rarely recognized in the moment. It's always retrospectively cherished. So I guess that's something that we can take away then. Something that's overappreciated or nominated 14 times isn't necessarily good. No, a more likelihood that years from now we'll look back and go, why were we so into that? Oh, because the other movies that came out this year weren't that good either. And they had to choose something to give awards to, because that's what they do. Right. And the famous words of LL Cool J in Deep Blue Sea, uh, it's all relative. On a side note, I like almost every movie that's nominated for something this year. I think that Hell or High Water is the most deserving of best picture of the movies I've seen. Um, I uh, saw a double feature recently with Amanda. We went and saw Fifty Shades Darker. Of course. And John Wick Chapter 2. I have also seen John Wick Chapter 2. In turn, have you seen John Wick Chapter 2? I have also seen John Wick Chapter 2. Oh. And I like to add, in preparation for Fifty Shades Darker, I also watched uh, Fifty Shades of Grey. Okay, yes. now we can talk about John Wick 2. <laughs> and then I'll wrap up with my... No, uh, my no, 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 please. My Fifty Shades. No, please, have your Fifty Shades moment, and then we'll have a roundtable about John Wick. <laughs> All right, yeah, Fifty Shades of Grey, the original movie. It is this very even up and down of being better than you thought it would be and exactly as bad as you thought it would be. It's super tame. It's kind of cheesy. It's like a slightly higher budget Cinemax movie. But the sex scenes are very good. And so are some of the like just interactions between the two main characters like the it's weird. I honestly didn't have that bad of a time watching Fifty Shades of Grey. Uh, a lot of it was hilarious. I couldn't take how he kept referring to his dungeon as his playroom. So he'd come out and get all huffy and be like, meet me in my playroom in 15 minutes. And then go into his fucking chamber with leather hooks and everything. And the b most beautiful moment of that movie is when he's leaning over his desk and he can't cope with his emotions. And he says that he's 50 shades of fucked up. That's like just a beautiful moment in that movie. That being said, 50 shades darker. That's the one you want to go watch. <laughs> Because like I you heard, can, uh, you can make an argument for the first one being like relatively okay, doesn't deserve the hatred that it got. Fifty Shades Darker is a fucking train wreck, and I had to stifle my laughter to like avoid being shunned by a, a theater full of women. <laughs> I heard that's that really messed it should up. have been called Fifty Shades Lighter. It, yeah, it, first of all, there's barely any sex in it. Uh, whatever S&M is in these movies is like so fucking tame. Like the opportunity for a parody where they keep everything about this movie and plot exactly the same except for Christian Grey is actually into real S&M would be fucking hilarious and is ripe for the taking because it's there because he does nothing. He does nothing. The worst, the entire like arc of the storyline of this entire trilogy rests on the fact that he has a deep need to cause pain in others. He's like a real sadist. And so the sh they have this moment at the end of the first movie where she's like, well, I love you so much. Just take it out on me as hard as you want to. And he beats the shit out of her with this like horse, you know, whip thing, like the little horse, the little like soft 
it's nothing. He hits her like five or six times with this whip, kind of hard. We're not talking Passion of the Christ. We're talking like maybe you like swung a a jump rope at your brother too hard when you were younger and it gave him a good slap. Like he gives her five or six of those. She's like, you're the fucking devil. Don't ever talk to me. And then we go into the next movie where he's immediately forgiven. And then they just go into this weird, crazy soap opera nonsense. That's full of like a rapist boss and a helicopter crash and trekking across two state lines in four hours to meet with your family. And like, there's just so much crazy drama and it's fucking insane. They know that they made a bad movie and it's hilarious. I I suggest 50 shades darker. Just skip the first one. Go right into that one. (laughs) (laughs) I heard there's an absence of something uh, throughout this and there's no, there's no wang. There's no wang. No, but there's, there is, she shows her tits and ass and pussy like a lot. And it's, it's, uh, very, it's very nice. She's very attractive. She's a, she's a good actress. She does what little she can with this role, and it's, and it's totally fine. He's the far worse actor, but he's good looking as well. And they work together in a weird soap opera but way. But he was, he was good in The Fall. I don't know. You in saw, a theater you saw The of Fall. Women. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is. But he, this one's weird. He comes across kind of like the guy from uh, that terrible Lindsay Lohan movie. Remember that one? What was that? We, we shushed it. Oh, no. Really? Yeah. James Dean, the porn star? Kind of. They don't give him like much to do other than super cheeseball lines like, Jamie Dornan, you just got compared to James Dean, D-E-E-N. Yeah. Uh, James Dean, D as in this dick. Yeah. Yeah. That's not his real name for show. No, but we, we, need, we need like a real Fifty Shades Darker where she's like, I don't know. I just want you to kind of push my boundaries a little bit. And then cuts to like her hogtied to the ceiling with a plastic bag around her head. <laughs> hey, it's still making money. They'll keep going. They will. There's the, a packed theater. Oh, there's only one more. And it was full of people like going, <gasps> no, <gasps> you go. Don't let him do that, girl. Yeah, that <laughs> sounds like a Texas audience. Was that rude? <laughs> it was racist. John Wick too. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait. John Wick 2 is going to be a full roundtable conversation. Don't I get to have my my say? Oh, you watched more than John Wick 2? I certainly did. Because um, being a, a gentleman and being someone who enjoys great cinema, I have watched more movies. I knocked two off of the best picture list. Oh, I thought you were going to say Burden. Oh, which ones? Uh, Lion and Moonlight. So now... Oh. Now I have seen Hell or High Water, La La Land, Arrival, Manchester by the Sea, Lion, and Moonlight. I have yet to see Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, and Hidden Figures. Um, Hidden Figures is the best of those three. Nudge him. Nudge him. Wake him up. Yeah. Daniel? Uh, Are you awake? uh, I accept. I thank God for this opportunity. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Lion is solid. A little bit too long. That's yeah, I, re- lion. I really like Lion. But I'm, I'm Lion L Y I N apostrophe. No, that's Lion like the animal. The sequel to Dope. That's what his name means. His Indian name. That's what it means. Is Lion. And it's based on a true story. But I could have done with a little less of the moping and nonsense. That part of it. However, I do. I'm I'm pulling for Dev Patel to take the supporting actor statue. Um. That's uh, when I watched that in the theater and uh, uh, he finds out the thing he finds out. Daniel, you don't care about this, do you? Um, 
he what, reunites the and their arrogant family. Yeah. No, he I... reunites with his mother and asks where his brother is, who he's like probably the most excited to see, and finds out he's dead. I was just like bawling in the theater. You were bawling like by myself. There's like four old ladies behind me that are crying, and I'm like, okay, don't make any noise. I, I know. And just like water pouring out of my face. I know that there's also an absence of Wang somewhere else. Um, yeah, on this podcast. Yeah. Right you crying. I don't get it. Was there like an opportunity to abduct so children sad. and he missed it? No. The story well, of, that would make me happy. No. Daniel, the story of Lion is this kid. He's Indian kid. Gets like accidentally stuck on a train and loses his home. And he ends up getting into an orphanage. He ends up getting adopted by a by parents in Australia. And he has to track down his mother in India. And, and he um, uses Google Maps to do it. Yeah, he uses Google Maps to do it. It's, it's, it's a nice movie. It's fine. It's not winning Best Picture. And it's uh, maybe going to be a contender for Best Supporting. And that's fine. It's fine. We don't need to get into it. We especially don't need to talk about the intern crying in the movie <laughs> theater by himself. Okay. Uh, Moonlight, very quickly, um, is better than La La Land, but also kind of underwhelming. And I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, Hell or High Water and Arrival are at the top for me, and uh, I don't understand this year at all. <laughs> the Moonlight. I agree that Arrival uh, deserves much more than what is going to get. I would, I would honestly flop. give it to Hell or High Water, though, at this point. I would give it to Hell or High Water. I, I, really, I really enjoyed Hell or High Water. Arrival, I left with, like, a confusion. Slight confusion. And I need to watch it again. But... Like, I was like, oh, oh, Villeneuve, oh, oh, Villeneuve, oh. And then, like, oh, that's totally not what I thought this was going to be. And I, I don't know how I feel about it. And it was good, but I don't get it. <sighs> and what's Hell or High Water? Hell or High Water is Chris Pine. <laughs> you, 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 there you go. Yeah, pine yeah, nut. It huh? deserves whatever it gets. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Bridges and Ben Foster. It's about a couple of brothers that are robbing banks, and Jeff Bridges is chasing them down. But it's written really well. It's written by the same guy that wrote... Uh, it's Taylor Sheridan. He wrote Sicario. And it's it's just tight. It's good. Solid movie. It's very enjoyable. And I think it is uh got too many white people in it to win anything this year. Moonlight is probably gonna win Best Picture because that's what they do. That's what they do. They have their whole Oscar So White thing. They add eight hundred votes and then all of a sudden the next year's gonna be, you know, cultural. It's so, not gonna win. I understand that you you're very set in your ways. And they're they're going to win for different different things. Is it going to be Fifty Shades Darker? <laughs> no, no. Viola Davis is going to win for sure, and most likely um, not Casey Affleck. But uh, no, I meant are the Denzel. nominees going to be Fifty Shades Darker? Uh, f- yeah, fifty percent, um, possibly. Okay, Mahershala J- Ali. For, w yeah. two three J W two go. Oh, uh, the dog survives. The dog survives. The dog does nothing, really. Yeah. Gets babysat. Kind of wish that they had either not included that dog scene at the end of John Wick 1 or just sort of not engaged the plot line behind, beyond maybe just showing him at John Wick's house or something. He's a good dog. So I like the fact that the dog, like a pit bull is an iconic. Why are we talking about the dog? <laughs> because I, because I, that's like one of the few things that I have issue with. Okay. Because the dog is like this iconically strong, bred to fight kind of dog, a pit bull. It's muscular. You associate it with bulk. And John Wick is this like frail, little looking super killer. I feel like the beagle was a better representative of John Wick than the pit bull. So I've always kind of been upset with that decision. 
That said, he's not in the movie. But you don't have any issues with any of the other details? You're, you're getting that detailed about the dog and its poetic, poetic representation, but you don't have any other issues with it? Well, that was the, that's because that's the main plot like point of not, the first movie. For, so for them to... None of the incessant conspiracy world high council nonsense? None of that bothers you at all? I'm surprised it bothers you. That's what, that's what, when I listen to other people's breakdowns of the original John Wick, I'm usually shocked because they have, they're very underwhelmed by the action, which I feel like is the main highlight of the, of the first movie. And they love all the continental background talk. Well, there is not a lot of continental background talk in the first one. That's what I mean. They 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 enjoy like the, the loose references. Loose references. There's there's this world that they hint at that they don't really feel the need to explain to you. And then in the second one, they explain the shit out of it. Of course, it's, uh, it's doing the Matrix theme, and it gets it goes way too far for me with the explanation, and it gets. And I imagine it's because, you know, he violates those rules and becomes excommunicado that that's the, the point, or I guess... But again, that, that means that they're focusing on the next movie instead of this one. Why is there so much attention pointing towards another movie when just focus on making this one good, guys? Like, why are you... This one was good. What are you talking about? Ah, uh, You know, it's one of the problems with... Uh with the timeline is did you, that did they're going to do the third one and it's going to take place five minutes after this one and this one took place five minutes after the other one which means John Wick's been awake for like way longer than Jack Bauer. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, but the original John Wick was like what is this movie? Where did it come from? And then oh my god it's awesome. Like the contrast of one feeling to the other is massive which is what gives that movie a lot of like oomph. You guys didn't think you were going to come into John Wick 2 with that same... Oh, no, I remember telling you guys when we did the trailer to temper expectations. Look, I don't want anybody to put words in my mouth tonight about John Wick 2, all right? All I wanted to say is it didn't live up to the expectation, period. Okay, well, it totally lived up to my expectation, period. Um, the uh, I, uh, My issues with it were like smaller things. One, the dog. Two... They make a big deal out of him upping the game by getting some bigger weapons. And I like what they do with the like machine gun that he uses. But when he cuts to the shotgun, it has such like intense impact when he shoots it. I was really, really wanting him to like be blowing limbs off. Like when dudes would run at him, I wanted him to like shoot them in the knees and just have their leg just like explode across the floor. That's what I wanted. I'm getting here that you guys wore it into the whole like continental background explanation and the high council and the blood pack that he had. Um, it's fine. It's just there's 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 holes. And I mean, maybe you're just too much of a John Wick fan to see it. And maybe I'm insulting for saying that. But I'm just saying that um, there's weakness here. And it's not it, it's kind of like with La La Land and my argument with with Andrew. It's like I don't think La La Land's a bad movie. I just don't think it's as good as everyone says it is. And I think that give it time and you'll also say that John Wick 1 is really good and John Wick 2 is not as good. I, I see so many similarities. Controversial opinion to me at all. Okay. Well, maybe we're closer than we think. I'm just saying that 
okay, the whole Lawrence Fishburne character and the homeless people and the underground blah, 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 like that's superfluous, completely unnecessary. Yeah, I think that's the my whole, biggest problem with the, whole the, mute, the movie. The, the whole mute um, assassin billing her up and billing her up and billing her up and then she's a fucking bitch and dies easy. Like, that's weak. And there's, there's, there's weakness. And maybe you're not, maybe, maybe you do see it and you don't care or maybe you're just, you know, maybe we're just not on the same page critically assessing it. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I also didn't like the mute chick mostly because, like, was she, it's a weird thing to have a person in a movie that's just mute and not also deaf. So she uses sign language to communicate, but you get, you get the impression that she's not deaf because I would assume to be an assassin among assassins in, the, in a world full of assassins, you would want to have that sensory faculty. Yeah. And plus, no one's signing at her. They're just talking to her. No. And I did very, and I, and I do remember mentioning when we were walking out of the theater to Amanda that I was like, honestly, I would have rather had them replace that obnoxious mute chick with like the blade legged chick from Kingsman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. What about the Fishburn stuff? Like that's she was annoying. The Fishburn stuff that that Why? seemed like part of a B action movie to me. It was like okay. here's part two. Part two was usually the sophomore slump between the next better part of the trilogy. And so they no. usually take time like this in parts two to go into the things that they heard were popular about part one. They no. knew people liked the Continental stuff. They give you a little bit more of that here. They had this High Council what? thing. They had the Blood Pack thing to sort of explain how John Wick was so good in the first one. How is that a trend? They're Empire gonna, like, Strikes uh, Back, Godfather Part Two, Matrix Reloaded. These are not weak entries. They like they put. They're giving you more background story. I have no problem with that at all. And Although, there's like this also this underground like homeless people thing that was fine i think people had an issue with lawrence fishburne that it, that it seemed like he was supposed to be in the movie more that's the impression no, i got the, most the part like i don't mind the badass like homeless guy that first takes him in like when he first connects with the homeless guy and he puts him under the blanket and he pulls the, the awesome gunshots at him the action in the movie is is still awesome obviously but um then it gets to fishburne and it's like okay but why are you bartering with him? What do you actually need from him? John Wick is way too resourceful to need anything from this guy. You need a gun? Is this, like, with this seven bullet? Like, what? why is this necessary? It is not necessary. Just sticks out like a sore thumb and it bothers me. Yeah, it might not be necessary that he has a reason to rely on them so heavily, but their inclusion to me is, like, just, sure, why not? By the right. time we get to John Wick 3... Uh, uh, Every single person you come across is going to be an assassin, and that's literally what they set up. It's going to be but John Wick versus the world. It just feels like you're you're okay with it not executing at the same level as the first one. Like the first I don't one didn't have what these holes. The first one executed on action. Yeah, and it had and it vaguely referenced some background no, world to had, which this was all stapled no, on top of. And here's a, the first time of which they're going into that. There's no comparison. There's a tight storyline in the first one that doesn't have any major plot holes. Because there is the plot is dog killed, kill people that kill dog. Sure. And now it's... This one, they can't do that again, or okay. else people would have the exact same complaint. Sure. Like, of it being like, it's too convoluted, they added too much bullshit to it. If they had done the other way, it would have been like, oh, they just repeated themselves. Okay. But that's fine, I guess. I, I guess we're just not ready to have this conversation then, because you're like not really listening to what I'm saying. I'm no. saying that there's there, holes there's a, in the right. story, in the script, in the screenplay of this movie 
and it's not as tight as the first one. And you're saying that because they're not the same exact story, you can't relate them. Of course, they're not the same exact story. They're different fucking movies. Right, but so where are the holes? I already explained to you the major hole with Fishburn. There's no need for him to barter with him. There's no need to make a deal with him. There's no All he does is give him access to the building. He could have got access to the building any way he wanted to. He stole the rest of the guns from other people. He didn't need them at all. Yeah, he used those so six bullets what? pretty quick, hey? I, I, I don't, so what, what? Like, I'm just pointing out something that's completely unnecessary. Like in the first movie, he probably also didn't have to stake out an entire construction complex to which Theon Greyjoy was hiding in and like snipe one by one 45 different bodyguards to make his way in when he probably could have just like gone in through some back door and just snapped Theon Greyjoy's neck. But instead, we had this badass action scene. Well, there was no badass action scene with the Lawrence Fishburne interaction. There was just interaction. And there's about as much Lauren Fishburne in this movie as there is Lawrence Fishburne in that fucking space movie. What space movie? (laughs) Passengers? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he's not in it much, but I think if he was not in it at all, I probably would have liked the movie a lot more. And you know, every year his teeth grow a little farther apart. Stop it. means he gets more wild. Stop it. Both of you, stop it. He's a whore. No. Don't. You, You can see it. Go back to Event Horizon. I've you can barely seen, get a toothpick in there. I've never seen uh, it. You've got to go back to Apocalypse Now. And then now, you can, you can I don't know what, what do you think, you stack four or five credit cards in there? Yeah, maybe more. I don't know. As a summary, as a conclusion, I would just say that it didn't grab me and keep me the whole time. And I thought they could have done more with Common. Like, if he is really like on the same level as you or close to it, then they should have teamed up and gone after the brother because they both loved or had an affinity for the sister. So, like, you know, there's, yeah, there's, a, lot, there's a lot of, like, sticking by the rules. Like, yes, I agree. They probably should have teamed up as, like, a passionate thing, but it was just, like, so strict. It was like, well, well I kind of agree with you, but you killed her, and I was supposed to protect her, so by duty. <laughs> sure, and I, I like all... There's a lot of it that I like. I, I like the, okay, stop and have the drink stuff. That's funny, obviously, but, you know, then the mute chick comes in and ruins it, and... Yeah, I do. I will agree on the mute chick. I don't. She has like that stupid trying too hard to be tough face that like some actors get. And it's like, ugh. and I still left the the theater satisfied. I still enjoyed John Wick 2. I just don't think I'm going to ever appreciate it the same way that I appreciate the first one. And I'm going to nitpick things because I that's what I do. I, I say, look, you executed at this level. Why can you execute at that level again? Maybe the the two directors for John Wick. Maybe the guy that left was the guy that knew how to write. Oh, that's possible. I don't know. I don't know. Action sequences were awesome. I, except the the mirror thing. Did that all the mirrored rooms? Is that a good decision? That's like a super homage to action films. Is it? Every film from like night. Every action film from like nineteen seventy to nineteen eighty five had like a climax scene in a <laughs> mirror room. Every really? kung fu movie. Okay. Well, there's just maybe stuff going on that I don't understand. Yeah, but that, that was that that they did spend a lot of time in there, and uh, I, I don't know. The, to me, I guess my I kind of assumed this was going to be a trilogy, and just in the rhythm of trilogies, for whatever the reason is, be it that you try to take on too much too fast, or you're trying to string out too little too far, whatever it may be, there's always seems to be this like let's explain some background, give a little wink. 
and maybe overburden ourselves with it a little bit. There's always a little bit of a slump, like Temple of Doom. Uh, so I was like, I kind of expected this to be the way that it was. I don't know. I don't know. I guess I should have expected this because it's a stunt director and it's... That's not fair at all, considering John Wick 1. Well, they, you know, struck gold. And then now they have pressure on them to take it somewhere else. And where do you take it? Oh, we hadn't really thought about that yet because we didn't think it would be what it was. And now it's this thing. And now we got to take it somewhere. And what do we do with it? Okay, this is a cool idea. That's a cool idea. Okay, let's do this. Let's tell this story. So they try to tell that story. And they don't really worry about everything to the level that I'm analyzing it to. So whatever. Maybe I just need to have a conversation about what I did like about it. That could be. Because I did like a lot of it. It's And it was entertaining. I just didn't feel as, I don't know, I was super jacked. And it let me down a little bit. I uh, I think the, the one thing that was probably the most entertaining is uh, him leaving Common and then telling him he yeah. pulls it out, he's going to die. Professional courtesy. Yeah, yeah. I was having a hard time not laughing after that I was, for I was like the rest s- of the movie, just thinking about it. I was trying to watch the people in the background on the train. <laughs> Because <laughs> they, were, yeah. I was picturing myself being on the train and be like, "Holy fuck!" Like Jesus Christ! <laughs> it's like, don't move. Yeah, I like when they were just like with the silencers, just shooting each other quietly in the crowd. Oh like, yeah, uh, at the <laughs> yeah. station, hit, yeah. hit, hitting the pillars and stuff. Yeah, just trying yeah. to be like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Yeah, and, and, the, I, and the whole, like, when the contract first got put out on him and he was walking and getting attacked by random people, that was probably my favorite part. Yeah, that was, was that was pretty cool, yeah. Was all those people just randomly attacking him. And I guess that's the motivation for getting to the homeless people is he has to escape the contract that's out on him. And Yeah, he's, he, like, completely overwhelmed, and they seem to be separate from the Continental for some reason. So they're like, all right. But I wish that the conversation was about can I – can I rely on you guys not to come after me for this? And I will, you know, do something in exchange. Like maybe the, the bartering should have been more about them getting his back because that's obviously where it's going to go. I mean, he's excommunicado. So who is this, who are his allies going to be? Where is he going to hide? It's that's, that's why they introduced Fishburne. They just haven't clarified that yet. And they haven't really, they didn't do a good job of positioning that either. So I'm, I'm going to be, expecting it and being like mm, kind of judging how they sell me on it for the third one but my prediction is that he he will probably come across some group of excommunicados oh okay there you go that's and, good and, and either those homeless people are that group or he'll come across some other group of like three or four other semi-recognizable action stars that will be his little john wick extras okay that's my prediction He's gonna bring down the whole high council. He's gonna take out uh, the guy. He's gonna he's gonna take out management. Well, management is a, is oh. like over the like the hotel management. I wonder who the actual like high council leader is. It's probably gonna be like a woman. Well, he's gonna have to kill her. Maybe it'll be the girl from uh, with the blade feet. It's his wife, <gasps> <laughs> and she's holding their dog. Uh, and then John Wick she's wakes just, up. Like and made a hat out of the dog. <laughs> like has a, a puppy hat. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ, that's beautiful. Okay, I'm back in. I'm back in. I'm ready to get jacked about number three. It's weird that they went with chapter. Like, why not just I, well, jump with No, two? because there's going to be more than three. There's going to be like seven. It depends on how long he keeps looking like he's 38. They could get Chris Klein in there and do a prequel. 
<laughs> Why Chris Klein? I don't know. He seems like he'd fit like a slightly younger Keanu role. Plus, he's got that like cheese ball factor to him. And I think if they just trained him up and got him muscular, I think they could pull it off. Hmm. Well, well, well. It's like, out. I'm thinking I'm out. <laughs> That's the prequel. <laughs> <laughs> so you're saying that I got to dial it back and allow it to get cheesy and embrace the cheesiness and stop being a hard ass. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Or, you know, they may have just like just gotten gotten too stoked and we're hoping for that same astonishment. I don't, I don't know if, it, if there's, you know, I'm not going to like I don't like the girl. At least we can. We, we can stuff is yeah. a little sloppy. Sure. But we can man, agree. the way that my entire theater reacted in unison when they when he had that that death scene with the pencil <laughs> oh no the oh, yeah. that was like uh born advanced but that was a part of the and they set that up too they talked about the pencil earlier yeah yeah like right at the beginning yeah yeah and with Stormare, he's like with a fucking pencil <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know maybe i'll uh i'll ease up on it i guess i just uh yeah maybe maybe got too jacked too quickly and forgot what it was I do wish that he blew limbs off with that shotgun, though. They made it seem like it was so powerful, and then, like, mm. no limbs. <laughs> yeah, I do like that he had all the guns positioned, and it worked yeah. out in, like, a perfect rhythm to when he needed them and stuff, and it was, yeah, yeah. But then, you know, later on, like, did you think that the first action sequences were better than the later ones? Because I kind of did. I mean, I, my, my favorite part was when they started coming after him when he got off the airplane, basically. And that was the pencil scene and, you know, the shooting at the pillars scene and kind of ended with him hiding out with the homeless people. But then the follow-up end scene with the mirrors and stuff was weaker than his invasion of Rome, like, in my opinion. Yeah, I think the mirror scene was weaker than the, than the, than the Rome scene. I think there's also an inherent problem in the John Wick, which is that... I don't want to keep getting better at action scenes. Right. You can't got to be some have to be better than others. Although it is disappointing that the, the much better action scene was earlier in the movie. Yeah. One, it's hard to top yourself because they they set a pretty high standard. And two, I think there's a point when you become overstimulated when you've like seen 55 headshots in a row. Yeah. I think they start to sort of just glide together in this dance. That's another thing that happened to me too, was that I was, I think I was overstimulated by all of the action. So I started picking apart the other elements. My brain just started attacking the rest of the movie because I was almost neutralized by the action, you know? Yeah. They need to bring the body count down a little bit and make some of the one-on-ones a little more. Yeah. Yeah. I said, said, durable. I'll, I'll finish this conversation by reading you what my dad texted me. He said, your mom loves Keanu Reeves, but not sure I can get her to number three. <laughs> covered covered her ears and closed her eyes a lot. <laughs> yeah. So I responded to him with, he has to be more careful now being excommunicado and with the bounty going up. Number three will be less violent because it has to become, it has to come full circle. He must find love again and or be at peace. And he said, okay, I will work that angle. Thanks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is true. There has to be, if they are going to pull it to a conclusion, he does have to either die or find peace or, yeah. Yeah. yeah See, me, I, 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 like, I want him to die. I, I want him to die too at the hands of his wife with, with the high council thing that Dan was talking about. <laughs> yeah. She just like, 
He's like, but what? I thought you were dead. And she just like holds out a little blood pact that she had with someone. You guys. No. No book. Flips the coin with the blood fingerprint on the back. Like just flicks it. And it like lands on him as he's dying. And then. No book has three chapters. And then Theon walks out. (laughs) (laughs) What about Stormar? Isn't he going to be a part of chapter three? I I wish. Yeah. I'm so, so sad that he was sort of used as like just intro fodder. Yeah. I'm sure he'll show up. Maybe he'll be... Him and his unplaceable accent is always great. Truth. I will always be fond of him stuffing that woman's body parts into the wood chipper. Okay. (laughs) Um, I don't have any intro or any outro music tonight, so I'm going to put it in after the fact. Thank you for joining us tonight for Lost Trailers, Episode 9, Trailer Pro Podcast. Appreciate you uh, coming along for the ride. And... If you would like to uh, take a look at all that we do, please visit sadsackstudios.com, trailerparkpodcast.com, 100lunatics.com. Visit us on Twitter, at tparkpodcast, at sadsackstudios, at 100lunatics, at the intern TPP. I think that's everything, gentlemen. You got anything else? That's it. Peace be with you. Mm-hmm.